championship. Can you feel Candlestick? Welcome everybody to Cover 49. Bryant Young belongs in the Hall of Fame. BY himself. I got the bag man Jamal in the house. What's up, Jamal? What's going on, man? Another beautiful night here. I got Chrissy Chris in the house. What's going on, Chrissy Chris? Oh, not much, man. Just another day, another hard-earned dollar. You know how we do it. Oh, I know, I know. Hey, Jamal. Yes, sir. What is your go-to meat for the grill? Go-to meat? Damn, put me on the spot, bro. I mean, I've had some good stuff that you made, though. What's your go-to? Oh, man. You know what? I love me some ribs. But um, yeah. if I could just, you know, go to the store get anything, brisket. Brisket all day. So I've had your ribs and brisket, and they're both A1. They're pretty dang good, bro. It's one of the better ones I've had in my life. Chrissy Chris. Yes, sir. Mexican food in Fresno. Oh. Is it better than the Bay Area Mexican food? Oh, man. That's a tough one, man. There's a few couple of spots that uh, in the Bay that I do miss. You know what I'm saying? I do miss the New Mecca. You know what I'm saying? I talk the about New that all the time. Mecca? Oh, my gosh. What? Hey, you got to love the Mecca, man. I, you I always regret, heard it on a Wednesday. You always heard the Mecca on a Wednesday. It's not even I re- open. I regret asking this question to you, man. What's good at the Mecca other than the bean dip? Everything. There's nothing good at the Mega other than the bean dip. You got the chicken burritos. You got the enchiladas. You got the salsa, the bean dip. You got the rice. It's I just think, too. About- it's the Mecca. It's the atmosphere. You can't be in the East Bay for sure, the 925, and don't shout out the Mecca. That's, like, sacrilegious. What's that What's that one in Oakley and Brentwood? Don't say uh, serious. Not serious. No, uh, not serious. Serious uh, old school Antioch people. <laughs> Freaking Betty, hey, Betty no, too. Hey, hey, no, the happy hour, though. And yeah, happy hour. Uh, uh-huh. damn, what's that called? It starts with a C. I can't think of it. La right Costa, now. La, La Costa. Costa, yep. La Costa and, is uh, way better than the good spot. It's way better than the next. Long night. La Costa had a taco boat for those Doritos tacos are fire. Oh man, no, nah, man, that that gets you killed around these parts. You can't be talking about Taco Bell as in uh, good Mexican food, man. It's, they that's all well, my people would be uh, very upset with you. <laughs> Okay. The last, uh, every last cookout you go to. So if it's from like L.A. all the way up to the Bay, it's the best Mexican food you get. Anywhere you go outside of California, I've, I've had Tex-Mex before. That Tex-Mex stuff is so garbage, dude. I, I mean, I am so disappointed in Texas and their Mexican food. You if, you're have, if, you have, if you're gonna have Mexican food, you gotta stay in California. Yeah, shout out all the Mexican taquerias out there in the in the California area. Yeah, we're looking for sponsors, so hook us up. <laughs> yeah, and shout to Taco Bell. Um, so get into the show. Uh, if you if you guys missed our last podcast, which I hope you you didn't, we broke down the wide receivers, and uh, Bagman himself went in on uh, Debo Samuel, and I got some hate mail on Twitter, but that's okay. We <laughs> we appreciate everybody rolling with us and the bag man was out last night let's see if he comes out tonight when we break down the the tight end that's all it was just my opinion hey no we respect <laughs> don't, it, don't shoot the messenger don't shoot the messenger shoot stick with it all right so we're gonna get into the tight ends and you know we're gonna do the tight ends and the linebackers but we're gonna get into the tight ends right now 
and we're going to go into our depth chart. Um, we'll, we'll start off. You know what? Let's, let's start off with Kittle, man. Tell me what you guys think about Kittle. Beast. He's a beast. That's all I can say. He's a all-around tight end, you know, uh, all worlds. Uh, in my opinion, I'm not trying to sound like a homer, but uh, he, when he's healthy, when he's on the field, he is the best complete tight end on the field in the NFL. Uh, he can block. He can catch. He's got a little wiggle, you know. Um, he's more than just a receiving tight end like our man Kelsey from KC. But uh, um, Kittle, all around, all world tight end, one healthy. I'll be a homer. It's the best tight end in the game right now. Receiving, blocking, you do it all. No, and my nose, I got wheel in the middle of the wheel. I think uh, it was very evident the games that he was hurt on this year and the year before was the running game took a big step back. So without him, we can't even really run the ball the way we want. And so he makes the whole wheel go around and round and round. Coming into this year, I would like him to take, not take some plays off, but not look for the extra shot at the end of the play. You know what I mean? Not get look down. Him. Yeah, get down, get out of bounds, be smart, pick your moments. You know what I mean? Because we need him on the field. We cannot have him not play uh, less than uh, 14 games, 13 games. You know what I mean? He's got to be able to be on the field for us. Um, and Kittle's a big fan of this guy. He's always tweeting about him, Ross Dwelly. What you got to think about Ross Dwelly? Well, I liked him. But in the words of my uh, fellow uh, co-hostess, cut him. To me, I mean, he was a body. I mean, he was a good, you know, uh, second and third tight end for us. Uh, like I said, uh, we don't really need too much of him as if Kittle's, Kittle's healthy, anything like that. Uh, he's just uh, somebody on a depth piece. But uh, uh, he had all right moments, you know, this year. I mean, we called upon him. He caught a couple passes. I want to say – he had a maybe he scored a touchdown or two uh, this year in the absence of Kittle's, uh, but he's cool. Like I said, once if Kittle's healthy, uh, we don't need him. You know, I mean, he's just a, a depth piece. You know, every once in a while, spell Kittle, or if we do do a tight end, two tight end set, uh, we can have him on the field. You know, save uh, Kittle's body from getting banged up from hitting all those linebackers and DNs. Yeah, Ross is, uh, in my opinion, is strictly is a receiving tight end. I don't think he gives you much in the blocking game, pass blocking, run blocking. Um, even that said, I don't think he's that great of a receiving tight end either way. Uh, I mean, <laughs> undrafted free agent back in 2018. I think we can upgrade at the second or third tight end, depending on if uh, Jordan Reed comes back. So, yeah, I mean, that's something I want to piggyback off. So, without Kittle, the offense run-wise really, really drops. I think if we're going to keep Jordan Reed, which I hope we do, because he's an excellent – uh, receiving tight end, and he can block a little bit. Um, Ross Dwelly, uh, according to PFF, was the ninth worst tight end in blocking. So when when you go from having Kittle to your next blocking tight end be the ninth worst blocking tight end, that's a big problem where you need to upgrade that right away. Um, I've, I've talked to other people about it, and people think that Ross Dwelly is a good blocking tight end is because we ask him to block a lot, and he doesn't block a lot. Also, he's one of the leading penalty getters at tight end position where he's constantly holding or at false starts constantly. And so, like Jamal said, definitely, definitely can upgrade him. And especially, <clears throat> this is going to be your third tight end. Uh, you definitely want your third tight end to be a run 
blocking tight end. Not the ninth worst blocking tight end, but he needs to be at least a top 15 blocking tight end. And so we we touched on him. Jordan Reed, Chris, Chris what do you think about Jordan Reed? We bring him back? Oh, most definitely. Uh, it was a nice bounce back year for him. He has the injury bug uh, label kind of on him. You know, I can't stay healthy, but uh, he was a nice uh, upgrade uh, from the tight end, the backup tight end position for us. Like I said, he had 26 catches this year, four touchdowns. Um, I mean, like I said, uh, he's a nice uh, second tight end for us, especially for our offense. Um, you can split him out wide too. You know, you can spread him out. I, I, I would surely like to keep uh, Jordan Reed around maybe for a one or two year contract, you know, nothing too long-term. Right. What'd you, what'd you think, Jamal? Yeah. I mean, he's a, like I said, a solid receiving tight end. Uh, he's probably a better uh, run blocker than uh, Ross Dooley is. If we can get him to come back on a one year, two year deal, maybe like a veteran minimum, not a couple million dollars, I'd welcome him back for sure. Uh, I don't think tight end is like a huge need for us going into the draft or free agency, but they did look at uh, Austin Hooper last year. You know, before he signed with the Browns. So they definitely want to do upgrade that position, whether it's Jordan Reed or maybe even Zach Ertz, who knows? Right. No, you're very right about that. One thing that was surprising about Jordan Reed was he was one of the highest rated players at pass blocking, which is kind of weird because if you're thinking about it, if Jordan Reed is pass blocking, it's a little bit weird, right? But he was rated at 72.4. So he can pass block and – we never had that combination of when we were saying in the beginning of the season, man, if Ayuk, Debo, Jordan Reed, and Kittles is all in the field together at the same time, that would be very, very good for us, right? I think if we do lose somebody like Juszczyk, uh Jordan Reed is definitely a must that we need in our passing game. Uh, and then that leaves us with Charlie Warner. I think it was like a six-round pick last year. Anybody got any thoughts on Charlie Warner? I got nothing for you guys on Charlie Warner. I didn't say uh, that sounds like one of our cousins or one of the friends <laughs> of the podcast. I, I couldn't really tell you much about him. Uh, I know if we see him on the field, we're in trouble. That's <laughs> all I can say about my man, Charlie Warner. Good point. I mean, he's a six-round pick, so, I mean, you can't expect too much from him. Um, I think they brought him in just to be a spe- talking, I mean, a blocking specialist because I knew that. Ross Dooley couldn't do it. So I know he's only on the field for 120, 130 snaps at that. So Jamal was talking about it. Tight end isn't much of a need for us. I mean, definitely we want to get somebody in the depth charts, especially bringing back Kittle and Reed. You really want to bring back somebody that's a blocking tight end or somebody that's a project tight end. And there's a lot of few guys in the rookie draft that is a project tight end that I think that we can grab in the later rounds. I mean, we all know about uh, Pitts and then their Notre Dame, what's, what's his uh, name? Tremble? Tremble? Yeah, Tommy Tremble. Tremble, right? So we know there's Pitts and there's Tremble. Both guys, I guarantee you, I would uh, bet Chris's paycheck on it. That we, we don't got enough money. money for that. <laughs> Not your home. But uh, we won't be drafting those guys. But Chris, is there anybody in the draft that you like? I'm going to go with my man from the U, Brevin Jordan. Right. He's a nice size, 6'3", 245. He's more on the Jordan Reed <clears throat> spectrum of uh, tight end. Uh, he's more of the athletic, you know, space about tight end, kind of that new age tight end that the, the league is trying to go for, trying to find that uh, that size and speed matchup. 
like I said, he's kind of a like you said, we were talking about kind of a project tight kind of developing into uh blocking, you know, let him hit the weights, get uh maybe get a year or two to develop uh on the run game. But uh just uh athletically, uh that'd be somebody nice to have just in case if we don't end up uh getting uh Jordan Reed to sign uh kind of on that uh Darren Waller uh uh type of tight end. I'm I'm a fan of uh, uh Braven uh, Jordan. Right, no, that's a good name. It's a good name. I liked him too. Uh, but yeah, I got a prospect who's uh, opposite of uh, of uh, Chris's pick, Tommy Tremble, who we just touched on earlier. He's probably the best run blocking tight end slash fullback in this draft coming up right now. Um, I think coming out, he's a little bit like George Kittle, extremely underutilized, but the traits are definitely there. Uh, I think he could step in and replace Kyle Juszczyk if he does walk away from us. Uh, he could even be – I think he has the skill set to be tight end number two um, opening day. Where where do you think in the draft he's going to be picked up? He'll probably be going uh, early, mid-third. I mean, he, he was behind some serious talent in Notre Dame. Uh, Cole no, Komet, who went last year. And then I think Michael Meyer, I think, was the starter freshman this year. So um, he was just very behind Death Chart, but he'll definitely be a better pro. That's for sure. No, definitely. I just don't know if we want to spend a third round pick on a tight end, but I hear you. Especially if he can, if he can replace Uzcheck, that'd be a huge plus. Um, but I hope we uh, resign Uzcheck, though. I mean, I know it's a dying position, but when you can have a versatile uh, fullback like Uzcheck, um, just shout out the fullbacks. You know. Uh, shout out Uzcheck. He's a he was a Swiss Army knife for us. No, yeah, no definitely. Position. definitely, definitely a big big part of the 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 puzzle, if you will. But I like this guy named Trey McKitty out of Georgia. He transferred from FSU, Florida State University. So uh, one of the transfers guy he came to Georgia. He got a little bit behind the depth chart, if you will, just like uh, Jamal's guy, but. And also, it was a kind of a learning year for him. And then with COVID shorting everything up, it was just a weird year for all these college prospects. So Trey McKitty, I think he'll be there for the later rounds. I think if there was a combine, it would really help out Trey McKitty this uh, this year. But he really reminds me, and Jamal's going to laugh at me because I'm always trying to look for <laughs> another Delaney Walker every single draft ever since we've left lost Danelli Walker. Jamal tells me to <laughs> let him rest in peace. But um, if they don't want to bring back to Nelly Walker, they can bring Trey McKitty. But he did, He seems like a definitely a guy that doesn't go down in the first hit. You can line him up at slot. Uh, that's how um, Georgia used him. FSU used him a little bit more of a, a traditional tight end where he had uh, his hands on the ground and he was blocking, which is huge because there's a lot of tight ends out there that just don't know how to block anymore, especially when – what they're asked from at college is to play the slot and to be mismatched against linebackers, but there's no mismatching against linebackers in the NFL. So you got to know how to block and you got to be able to be a fullback in this offense. Say it again. You think he's an offense? I mean, he's uh, athletic enough to be a fullback in this offense. Uh, not right away. Definitely not right away. But you guys keep talking about fullback. It's not the fullback pod, but I do think the fullback is already on the roster in Josh Hoskett. From Fresno State, uh, we had picked him up. Hey, shout out the dogs! Yeah, uh, he was. He's actually, he's actually a world champion wrestler, 
and he was the uh, running back slash fullback slash tight end slash wildcat quarterback for Fresno State while he was there. And so he's been on the practice squad. I think that the Niners had picked him up last year to fill him in for uh, Yusek. But I'm in the same boat as you guys in thinking that I want to keep Yusek, but I won't keep him for $4 million. This Josh Hoskett guy has got my attention. He's on the practice squad. But Trey McKitty, I don't think he'll be a fullback type of player at all. He does have the body. He is built like Yusek, but a little bit wider on the bottom. Uh, his 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 thighs are huge. When I don't know if, <laughs> if the if the, his pants or his jersey, whatever his uniform, just makes it look tighter. But if you watch him, he just those thighs are massive. Is there anybody else that you guys want to shout out at the rookie? Uh, I mean, uh, there's there's a bunch of names in the draft, but these that's the only. I like that Brevin Jordan guy, and I like. Uh, Trey McKitty, is there anybody else you guys like out there? Um, not, not really much to me. Like I said, that that's not really a, a dire need uh, for us, especially if a kiddo can uh, stay healthy and then we can just kind of upgrade uh, via the late rounds in the draft or free agency or check out these UDFs. <laughs> UDFA, undrafted yes, free agents. Jamal, you got anybody else you like in there? Yeah, real quick, I got one more that actually might fit in that Delaney Walker mold that Tesh is so hard on for. All right. Uh, <laughs> Kylan Granson from SMU. Uh, oh, no. Pick roughly. He's a little undersized at 235. But uh, he has a pretty developed route tree that he ran over there. His only issue would probably be uh, no true position. He's a tweener. Right. He's a big slot. He's a tight end. Right. He can't play halfback. He can fullback. But uh, kind of a jack of all trades I've seen on tape. So what, what I did was, you know, I, I, when we break down these, these positions, I usually go on PFF first, right? I give everybody that they broke down, I put them on paper and I looked them up and then I go to other different websites to see who's declared. Right. And uh, you got to search around a little bit. Um, Revin Jordan is a guy that wasn't on PFF's, PFF's uh, radar, but the guy that you just uh, mentioned, what's his name again, Jamal? Name is Kylan Granson. Yeah, Kylan Granson from SMU. Um, I couldn't find anywhere where he's blocking anybody. And so that was a big red flag for me. Like if you're playing tight end and you're not run blocking somehow. So he, he seems like a very slow slot guy to me. And that's why I said, oh, no. But Yeah, no, he's definitely a big <laughs> slot. But um, he played more in the slot than he did in line. That's for sure. Right. And no, and, and, and definitely I've been wrong on guys before. Right. But I just I just I had crossed his name off real fast on my list. Um, but no, I've been wrong before. Um, and so, you know, there's not much. I don't feel like there's much in in uh, in in the NFL draft for tight ends this season. But if you look into free agency, it gets really interesting. And so the, the case in point that I was bringing, we know that Kittle is going to be our guy. And we know that if Jordan Reed comes back, he will be our second receiving option. And so there is a guy out there who has some success in the league and has been around in little places. And I think you guys will chuckle when I say his name, but Trey Burton. And the reason that I like him is because he was ranked according to PFF in the top five at run blocking. And I, we exactly need that from our third tight end. Uh, he's, he's only making the league minimum or the veteran minimum, which was $910,000 which I think we can definitely pay him that or a little bit less actually uh, give him the real 
uh, minimum, which is $800,000. And I think he'll come for a one-year, two-year uh, deal, which I think he can fill in very nicely for us, Trey Burton. Is anybody in free agent that, that you guys like? Uh, oh, I'm liking, but, I mean, we might not have a shot to get him, but, I mean, this is just wishful thinking. You know, you never know how things play out. Um, like I said, there's really – for me, the – the I'm looking at is uh, Hunter Henry. Uh, I feel like that is a, a nice you know piece we could get if we don't get uh, Jordan Reed. Like I said, Kittle's a, Kittle is our guy. Um, maybe he might be uh, Hunter Henry might be trying to chase a, a long term contract. You know, um, uh, a, a big payday. Uh, but if he wants to win games, and that'd be nice to have a nice one two punch of. Kittle and Hunter Henry, uh, that that would be a very nice for us. I would I would that would be pretty cool. So that's my guy on my radar. I don't want to say that they'll never happen, right? But so there's two things that he said, Hunter Henry, and I remember it was a big deal about it. He said that he wanted to get paid number one, right? And he deserves to get paid. He's a he's a top ten tight end for sure. And then he yes. wanted to go somewhere that had a good quarterback. And, <laughs> and you know, I don't want to get into that too much. But I can I can see him landing somewhere like Carolina. And they don't have any quarterback right now. But he's going to get paid there. Jacksonville, you know what I mean? They're going to have Lawrence. And for some reason, rookie quarterbacks love their tight ends, right? Or I can see him even landing at, in, at Dallas. I can see him in, in a few different places. I can't see him here. Especially if we're going to pay him and we don't pay Fred Warner and the rest of them, and we pay him, I'd be pissed. I would be pissed. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, you want to put some juice to the offense, man. You know, can't just be a one-trick pony. No, I mean, oh, he, would hey. definitely, he would definitely bring the hunter in the offense. But no pun intended. Did you, no? Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I'm late. I'm late. <laughs> Uh, nah, at the same time, I would say, you know, we upgrade that quarterback position, you know, uh, in the words of our fabulous host with the most, James Garoppolo, and, you know, cut him. Hey, that, that's an upgrade for us. You never know. But nah. like you said, it, it's wishful thinking. No, it is wishful thinking, and I hear you. And I've seen crazier things done in the NFL. Jamal, you got anybody in free agency that you like? Uh, I wouldn't say free agency. I uh, got another potential cap casualty that I would love to get my hands on. Also, I am pretty high on Trey Burton as well. I think he can uh, block, run routes, even throw a pass for you too. Even <laughs> uh, more clutch than yeah, Jimmy G. <laughs> yeah. Another. Uh, yeah, cap casualty. I'm looking at uh, Zach Ertz from the Eagles, actually. He's got okay. a $12.5 million cap hit for 2021. I like that one. Definitely on his way out. And like I said earlier, that uh, we were looking at Austin Hooper last year as a possible right. create. So I definitely want to have that one-two punch at tight end. Right. I think good insurance policy might be a little past his prime right now, but um, he's still got a few good years left. And I think that we can maybe sign him to another you know couple years, push that 2.5 back a little bit. But um, I'll leave that to you know Rob Marte. You can handle that part. Stanford kid too. You know, I'm allowed to come back. Zach Hurts is a guy that you would anybody would love on their team. To do that loves football, to do that loves playing football, and is a dude that's a great locker room guy. And, and his it, wife is pretty hot too. And she she's in the <laughs> shout out team USA. 
Yeah, she's on the Team USA soccer team. So she is uh, one of the greatest American dynasties ever, Team USA soccer, by the way. Um, she's a big part of that. But Another friend of the podcast. Another, yeah, the Earth family, friend of the podcast. But that'd be a huge pickup, especially like you're talking about cap casualty. And you were ahead of Emmanuel Sanders a couple of days before it started breaking out that they might not be able to keep him. So you and your cap casualties, I think you're like the new uh, oh, F- chef. That man got some uh, yeah. sources that he don't want to tell us. Yeah. I got a couple of sources that I can't let, uh, let go. But, yeah. Keep listening. some people that know some people that know Keep some people. Keep subscribe. Yeah. So, no, yeah, Trey Burton is, is a guy that I got on my list. And then I got a couple other guys. Um, Mo Ali Cox from the Colts. Okay. Uh, he is another one of those veteran guys that are great. He has his his – Run blocking skills are great, uh, especially coming from the Colts where they did run block. And I think it would be fitting very well with Kittle, Reed, and um, – and But but no, I mean, you said the Zach Hurts name, and I'm like sold on Zach Hurts. <laughs> like everybody on my list doesn't even matter anymore. You guys got anybody else on your list that you like? Nah, not me. Not me, uh, sir. Zach Hurts. All right. Yeah, we're all in in Zach Hurts. You heard it first. So if the Niners get Zach Hurts. You know your podcast. You know right? it. And so and so that 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 leads us into the linebackers. And we I mean it's the same story with the tight end group, right? I think the tight end group and the linebacker groups is both groups that doesn't need to be addressed other than depth. Um we're just gonna get right into it. And we'll go down the uh the depth chart. And so there's three guys that really played. I mean, there's four guys that played. Joe Walker. You guys got any uh, thoughts on Joe Walker? I'm a pass on Joe Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Small you. Yeah, Joe Walker's Walker. special teamer. That's all he was. Yeah, so I was gonna say that sounds like a drink. <laughs> yeah, Chris will sip on his Corona. I'll take it from here. But yeah, he just uh, straight. Just I think he's just a run defender. If anything, uh, poor pass uh, pass coverage grades, but he's a strictly special teamer. That's it. Right. No. Yeah, he was a special teamer and. Like Jamal said, he excelled in run block or run tackling and uh, pursuit in the run game, but he was a liability in the pass game. He was a he's your he old was liability school. to be on the field. If he was on the field, we was in trouble. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. your old school Jeff Obrick, Derek Smith type of a linebacker. All right, all right. They can play he was a, he's a fifteen years too late, but uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah, wrong wrong era. And then, uh, yeah, it's one of those dudes. Though, if he, if I, if he was in my room, I wouldn't say that. I'd be like, Joe Walker, you can play right now, boy. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> That's why he said on Zoom. <laughs> he can't get you. And so, and so that brings us to Aziz Al Shahir, which, uh, well, I'll wait for it. Aziz Al Shahir, Chris, you got any uh, thoughts on Aziz Al Shahir? I like him. He's a little bit better upgrade than Joe Walker. I'm saying uh, he's kind of on that. Straight, just downhill type of runner. I wasn't trying to have him go backwards, you know, like coverage or anything like that. But he's a little bit better than a special teamer. Uh, he had a couple of splash plays uh, with us. Uh, uh, me personally, I like I said, he's a good death piece. I mean, we can kind of upgrade, but I like his uh, enthusiasm. Is uh, he has intensity? Uh, but like I said, uh, a little step above uh, Joe Walker, but. You know, I'll just leave it at that. Jamal, what about you, bro? Yeah, I like him too, man. Uh, he's just a pup, man. It's his second year in the league. 
uh, I don't think he excelled at anything coverage wise or run defending wise, but he's a he's a good piece for depth, that's for sure. To play special teams, I think he step in and play any of the linebacker positions as well. So he's right. someone I want to definitely keep around for the next uh, few years and keep developing for sure. Right. No, yeah, he's cheap, so that's that's what helps him him out too. Yeah. No, you guys you guys are both right. Where Jamal was right when he's improved every single game. Uh, he was he was a way better player last year than he was his first year. And I'm expecting him to be a way better player this year. He all realistically, he just needs to be our third string inside linebacker and then play some special teams, right? And he does that. Yeah, he does that very well. He does that very, very well. And he's a guy that I like on the team. He's a guy that the the coaching staff likes on the team. He's one of those guys that will keep he's a glue guy, right? He'll he'll do what you need him to do. He won't do anything extra, but he'll do what you need him to do. Yeah, any guys like that on the team, a couple guys like that. Uh, level. And so that brings up to Dre Greenlaw. You messed with the law and you lost Dre Greenlaw. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it tonight, boy. I'll tell you what. I know you too much. To Dr. Pepper. <laughs> hey, uh, fun fact I actually quit drinking soda two days ago. Oh, wow. That's like somebody saying I quit drinking two days ago. But all right, <laughs> respect. Yeah. But uh, Drake Greenlaw, Chris, what do you think about Drake Greenlaw? I that's a that to me that's uh an up and coming star in the making in my opinion. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a Tra- uh a Drake Greenlaw fan. Uh, I think he's a very good uh Robin to my man friend one is uh Batman. Uh, he makes plays. Uh, he shows up. He splashes. I think he'll just get better with more reps and more uh, time on the field. I. I really think um, I'm 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 all in on the with the law. <laughs> Jamal, I think you and me are on the same page on this. What do you think about Dre Greenlaw? I love Dre Greenlaw. I mean, I liked him when he came out preseason the rookie year, and you were bashing on the guy for missing tackles. But uh, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Greenlaw. Uh, I know he can do it. Like like uh, Chris said, the Robin to uh, Fred Warner's Batman, sideline sideline linebacker, great at coverage. And had that uh, touchdown saving tackle against uh, Hollister's punk ass last year. So, I mean, <laughs> he's a fan favorite, man. Everyone loves the Green Law. Yeah. That's right. Um, okay. So, <laughs> don't break it. Let us down easy. Don't break it hard. <laughs> please. Please. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. Yeah. He's, he's good. He's a good linebacker. I think people overrate him a little bit because he's our linebacker. I think he falls into that class. He is a phenomenal wrap you up and take you down open in the open field, tackle you in the open field linebacker. Uh, I'll give him that. He's a little undersized when guys get their hands on him, which doesn't happen often. He's usually he's nobody touches him because of the defense that we play in, right? You got Fred Warner, you want to get your lineman up to him right away. And then we got like five freaking first round defensive linemen in, in on our front four, right? where you have to respect them, where you have to double-team them. You're going to run out of linemen just to get to Greenlaw. So what Greenlaw does for us, he does well. But I think if he was playing on any other defense, he wouldn't be as good as he is on our defense. But saying that, though, he makes some big freaking plays. And you guys mentioned the play in Seattle where he stopped Hollister. Also, when you play Seattle in earlier that season, he had that interception in overtime against Russell Wilson. And we know that Russell Wilson, when it comes to clutch time, he is clutched, right? So yes, Greenlaw, Greenlaw to be able to coverage 
and almost return that, and James Garoppolo not being able to put the ball in is not Greenlaw's fault. But you get a you get an interception in overtime. Your quarterback got to pick you up, but you know, that's a story for a different pod. But I do like Drake Greenlaw. I like him. Also, I like him. I like him. Last year's two best rated games were against Arizona Cardinals and Kyler right. Murray. So that's something going forward as well. Right. But when it comes down to it and, and you're looking into the future, I won't pay Dre Greenlaw. And, and, and so we'll get there. Of course, it's going to be like three years from now, right? Or two years from now, however long it's rookie contract. You might as well pay him now. Get him for the cheap. Uh, you you got to pay something. Well, you got to pay this next guy, Fred Warner. What do you, what do you think about Fred Warner? Damn. See, you can't pay them both. You can't pay them both. All right, but that's like two, three years down the road. Shoot. <laughs> Come on now. You got to, yeah, hey. But like I said, Fred Warner, to me, uh, he's top top three linebackers. You know I mean? You got the yeah. Bobby Wagners. You got the, uh, who else they want to throw in there? But to me, Fred Warner is a complete linebacker, man. He can run with the tight ends. He can keep up with the Tyler, uh, the Kyler Murrays, the Russell Wilsons. He can make those open field tackles. He makes plays. He can blitz. Uh, I'm the wrong guy to ask, uh, say anything bad about Fred Warner, man. He uh, He's right there in the lineage with all our great middle linebackers that we had. You know, right. the Willis's, the Bowman's, you know, even even your Derek Smith's, you know. I mean, <laughs> shoot. That was, he was a good linebacker for us. Yeah. Us. But I, I, I think he is worth uh, paying him because that's the, that's the quarterback of our defense. Uh, he gets everybody lined up. I mean, he gives her a little extra juice. Uh, I'm Fred Warner. Pay him. No, no, you're right. And and Jamal is showing off his jersey. He's got a Bowman jersey. So I, I guess Fred Warner reminds you of Bowman, Jamal. Uh, not really. No, I just love <laughs> Bowman. It's my boy. But uh, no, Fred Warner. I mean, he's probably the best linebacker in the game right now, hands down. First team All Pro. I mean, I think it was like the, the best ready linebacker since PFF started doing the ranking system. So he's, he's up there. I mean, he's the heart and soul of the defense. Um, he's an absolute stud. He's going to earn every dollar he gets when he gets that payday. And it might be up yep. around 17 to $19 million per. So it's going to hurt the bank for sure. That's uh, – But he's earned He did get that, that PPE pop as well. So that's something. Right. So I said he earned it, honestly. I mean, we didn't know what to expect from him, but he kept making plays after plays after plays after plays. And you got to respect the man's game. And so, no, you guys are absolutely right. And when you say that he could cover tight ends, I've seen him cover freaking slot receivers on the wide, right cross, you know what I mean? He's been matched up with the fastest guy on the field, or in the middle of the field. He doesn't miss tackles. And the thing that I love about him is that he makes guys around him better. And, and, You've seen if you heard endless players talk about the detail that he pays attention in practice to the field room, to the weight room, to what he brings on to the practice field, to the game field, that becomes contagious when your best player on your defense is marking all the T's and dotting all the I's, right? You have to mark all the T's and dot all the I's. You have to go hard on the weight. You have to you have to pay attention in the field room. You have no excuse when your best player is doing that, right? And so that's why. That man deserves that 19, 18 million per. Whatever he's going to get, he deserves it because he's going to carry that defense and he's going to hold that defense to a standard that he's at. And that that's when you start talking about Patrick Willis. You start talking about Brian Young, right? You start talking – and I feel very passionate. I hope you guys can hear them in my voice. Fred, Fred, I wake up every morning hoping I get a tweet that says Fred Warner has, has been 
uh, re-signed or his contract has been extended, right? Every single day because that's what kind of player he is. He is a player that deserves not to wear any other jersey than a 49ers jersey. And I don't care how much it costs. I don't care what we have to lose. I don't care if it's, oh, you have to keep Fred Warner or you have to keep Bosa. Give me Fred Warner, 100%. 100 out of 100 times, give me Fred Warner. And that's what I think about Fred Warner. <laughs> but <laughs> quick, I know I mentioned PPE. That wasn't for the drugs. That was the NFL's uh, Proven Performance Escalator. <laughs> Okay. okay. That was I was say this is a family show. I was yeah, oh, no, no. Okay. no. I thought, I thought you meant personal protective equipment. Yeah, so yeah. That's what I'm talking about PPE. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, PPE, shout out to PPE, your protective personal equipment out in the okay, safety guy. Room. Yeah. All right, safety guy. Safety guy by trade. Pay for Fred Warner. Okay, so that leaves us into uh the draft and it's another one of these drafts, man. It's 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 top heavy. You know, you got your uh your linebacker out of Penn State. What's his name? I forget his name. I forget a lot of guys' names. Thank God you guys. Mikael. Yeah, Mika Parsons. Mika yeah. Parsons. Mika Parsons. A little immature. He had a little incident uh with his locker room incident. I don't know if you heard about this, Chrissy Chris, but uh break it down, man. I'll tell you what happened for real. I'll, I'll let you know if it, was, if it was real or not. What happened? <laughs> Uh, okay so he was doing some um uh what you could say he was toting the line he was um hazing i guess your freshmen or whatever right he was calling himself jerry sandusky oh man oh wow (laughs) now i can't defend you on that one my brother yeah yeah so you know uh it's definitely a guy we don't have to worry about but uh he is i guess the best linebacker out there i think he's going to be a top 10 pick Slated to be a top 15 pick for sure. And then you got guys uh, that went to Georgia and a few other guys. But um, is there anybody in the draft that you like, Chris? Uh, I'm going to stick with him. Uh, I'm going to go with Dylan Moss. Um, he was probably more hyped up uh, maybe last year or maybe years prior. But Out of what? Off an injury. Alabama? Yeah, uh, uh, Alabama. Yeah. Um, uh, I always like an Alabama linebacker. Um they're usually uh, well coached, smart guys, and students of the game. Except uh, Ruben Foster. I, yeah, <laughs> he, he was a performer, you know. But uh, off the field, we can't help that, you know. Uh, yeah. So, but Dylan Moss wise, no, he. I feel like uh, another year uh, removed from the ACL injury, build up his strength, and uh, just get just being get back acclimated to playing football. You know, uh, he'll be another year stronger. And I think we might be able to snag him, you know, second or third round, you know, upgrade the – just in case we don't want to pay my guy for a Warner, you know, got some uh, backup uh, pieces in place. I think that would be a nice fit for us. If we sign Dylan Moses or if we draft Dylan Moses, I'd be pissed. Please. Pissed. <laughs> yeah. Because, man, I want to sign Fred Warner. So that means they're thinking about not signing Fred Warner. So I'd be pissed. Yeah, but it's a business. It's a business, yeah. but you this hey, but this is the nature of the podcast. So you gave me linebackers. I had to I had to find somebody. So I hope they don't draft none of these guys. But, <laughs> but I hey. Oh, okay. No, all right. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Jamal, what you got? Um, I mean, like tight ends, it's not a need at all. So I'm looking at like death pieces, something that might be a starter two or three years down the line. Right. I found a kid from Michigan, Cameron McGrew for McGrone. I don't know whatever his name it is. 
Um, <laughs> sideline is sound like good. Rangy as hell. He's only 20 years old. Two years starting experience in Michigan. Um, he's I, He kind of reminds me of these last year, actually. He kind of do everything. He just needs to develop a little bit. But he's someone I could probably find in the fifth or sixth round range. Yeah, I know. I mean, he played at Michigan, so you played at a complicated defense close to an NFL league defense. So, I mean, that's a good pick for sure. Um, so I touched it on, on our, our, uh, DB podcast. I really like this guy, Jacoby Stevens out of LSU. Only thing about him is he played safety at LSU. Uh, he's 6'2", 230 pounds. Um, I think he could be very, 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 very good at linebacker. He's got sideline to sideline. He was a damn safety. He was a, a legit safety. He's got sideline to sideline. Uh, and, when he was playing at LSU, they used him a lot on the RPO run fits. So he was the uh, the conflict player, if you will. Uh, people that know my co- coaching terms, they know, they know exactly who that is on the uh, defense when you're trying to defend RPOs. But he would fit himself back into the box, and he would be the guy that cleans up the tackles. And he didn't have very missed tackles at all. And so you guys are asking me, why does Jacoby Stevens, if you were so good at linebacker, why didn't he play linebacker? Because the guy that played linebacker might be a freaking top 20 pick in the draft. So you got two guys on your field. You're going to play both of those guys. So he was the guy that ended up playing safety. that I feel he can come into the NFL. And like Jamal said, right, we don't need a day one starter. Maybe in year two or year three when Dre Greenlaw, not Fred Warner, is gone, Jacoby Stevens could feel right. I'm going to go with uh, Zevin Collins from Tulsa. Right, right. That's a, that's a good uh... – uh, like I said, you know, if we uh, things don't work out with my man Warner Brothers, uh, <laughs> that's a good piece that we can have. And he's versatile too. Like I said, he's a six four, about two forty uh, linebacker, so he can either play the outside for us. Since you want to get rid of, you want to break the law and get rid of Dre Greenlaw, you know, <laughs> uh, he can fill that role too. Give a nice little uh, wheel linebacker uh, or even a, a Sam linebacker, you know. He's got the size for the Sam linebacker, and he got the speed to be a nice uh, wool linebacker, a running chase guy, or you know, in the middle. Um, he's very talented too. Uh, that'd be a nice, uh, like I said, it's not a not really a position of need, but you can all you can never have too many great linebackers because they, they can always play in, uh, outside or inside. So um, that's another guy. He might not be there uh, in the second round or third round, but if we can. Uh, as something like that, a player like that of his caliber, I, I no no complaints for me on my end. No, and and you bring up a good point. If you look at the last Super Bowl winner, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they had Levante David, and they went out and they got himself another good linebacker. So maybe you got a winning uh, equation on your hands there, drafting a linebacker early. Uh, Jamal, you got anybody? Yeah, I was looking at this kid from North Carolina, Chaz Surrett. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. He was all right. I kind of, you know, ignored him because I kind of found something to do by uh, not my uh, Monte Rice from Georgia. I really like his game a lot. Another speedy sideline, sideline linebacker. He's a fantastic tackler. I think he missed less than 10% of tackles uh, per PFF. Uh, he knows how to just avoid the O-linemen. He can fill the gaps real well. Um probably has some issues coverage wise and he needs to learn to develop, you know, reading the, uh, reading the running back, reading the quarterback, 
But he's someone you can be in the fourth, fifth round as well. That's uh, a day three pick, maybe. That, that was the guy from Georgia. What's his name again? Yeah, Monty Rice. Monty Rice. Okay, so um, I really had to dig deep and trying to find a guy. Um, I, I didn't like anybody that PFF had to offer at the linebackers that w- we can draft in the later rounds. And so I kind of looked out there, seeing who guys that declared for the draft, and there's one guy um, out of Cal, actually. Uh, his name hey, is – Go Bears. His name is Nooney Dang. So, like, uh, Dang for the that played for the Bulls back in the day, Luan Dang, whatever, D-E-N-G. He is 6'6", 250 pounds. So, uh, he seems like a guy that uh, – so, on 2000, in 2019, he had over 120 tackles, two forced fumbles, and an interception. So that, I mean, that I mean, Chris's eyebrows just went up. So. I was like, hey, he played for the Bears? <laughs> he played for Cal, right? Oh, okay. He played for Cal. And then 2020, he got hurt in the second game. Okay. So – uh, I think he's an under-the-radar guy. I think that uh, he is somebody that's going to uh, – 6'6", 250 is a little big to be playing linebacker. You're not going to be avoiding any linemen, you know what I mean? You're going to have to do everything you can technique-wise to stay lower than them and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, he has sideline to sideline speed. He's all over the field. If you look at the 2019 um, Cal Bears highlights – he has a little problem in wrapping up because he's just so long in in the box making tackles on running backs. He struggles in space, but it's a guy that, like I said, uh, we don't need him to start day one, but maybe in two or three years he might be good for us. Nice development piece. I mean, kind of like the on the Alden Smith type of uh, spectrum, you know, with that size and length. Yeah, put a little bit more weight on him, maybe another ten to fifteen pounds, bring him up to like two seventy. Yeah, he play you know, the edge rusher for us. Definitely, definitely. He's got the size or he can put his hands on the ground. Yeah. Uh, is, is there anybody else that you guys had out there in linebackers in the uh, in the draft? Yeah, it's kind of a position that we don't need. Jamal, you, you got anybody? No, that's it. Just uh, Montrose was my last dude I've seen recently. Yeah. Okay, so that, that takes us to free agency, and it's a bunch of – I mean, there's some names out there, um, but – it's slim pickings, you know. What I mean, if if this is a year that you need a tight end or a linebacker, uh, good luck to you. I'm I'm glad that we don't in both uh, both these. Uh, is there anybody in free agency that you guys like? Um, there's a few guys out there. I mean, like I said, we're not really it's not really a position of need. It's kind of just a luxury, uh, just for for shits and giggles, I guess. You know, see what what they might come knocking on our door or. If we can, you know, fetch something that somebody didn't get an offer and they're just trying to end up signing somewhere. Um, I like this guy. He played uh, – he was he used to play for the Falcons, but last year he played for the Cardinals. Uh, Devontre uh, Campbell, hell of a name. What happened to, you know, your traditional names? But <laughs> the, the Devontre, I guess, Campbell Soup. Yeah. Um, he's a good player. He's in that uh, kind of that, that will linebacker, that chase, that chase and tackle type linebacker. He's got good size on him. Uh, he's, he can cover. Uh, he's fluid. Um, I remember watching him uh, a few times we played the Cardinals this year, and he was uh, out there flying around covering Kittle and out in the backfield and like that. I feel like uh, that's a nice, nice little piece for us if uh, he decides to stumble our way. Right. 
Uh, Jamal, does anybody like? No, I know it's a besides the two top linebackers out there, it's a really crappy class besides those dudes. Um, one dude I'm kind of looking at a little bit is uh, Raekwon McMillan, most recently played by the Raiders, I think. Um, I know he's not that he hasn't been that. I think it was a second round pick coming out of Ohio State. Hasn't lived up to the, the hype at all. Yeah. Uh, he's something, maybe a special teamer. Maybe he can compete against uh, Aziz Ashir for a roster spot. Maybe, uh, you know, it could be like a Deion Jordan project, possibly. But he'd be something you can get for like a one year, 1.5, maybe $2 million, possibly. Right. Right. And, and there's a bunch of names out there, like, like you said, that can fill in for our depth. Um, one guy that has my attention. He's only played two seasons. He's on the tight ends. He was on the tight ends, a free agent now. Um, he was having a very, very good season uh, until he got hurt in week 10. And his name is Jayon Brown. Um, he kind of reminds me of a Greenlaw, more athletic, uh, a lot bigger. Um, he, he, he does well, very, very well in run fits and stopping the run, open field tackles, and he can run sideline to sideline. It's a guy that got injured, and I feel like just to have this guy on the on the roster would make me feel a lot better. Like again, there's nothing wrong with Al Shahir, but this guy Jayon Brown would really solid solidify that linebacker room. And I feel like if there was an injury to um, Warner or Greenlaw, that this guy could fill in just well, and we wouldn't miss a beat. Um, I really like this guy Jayon Brown. I would definitely try my hardest to sign him. Uh, he was making $667,000 per year with the Titans, which isn't anything in the NFL. Yeah, I think uh, I think if you offer him like 1.5, you know what I mean, or like a million, oh, man, I think he'd jump on that all day. Uh, I think he's due for a pay grade. I mean, it's yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. But uh, any 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 other names that you guys like? I mean, I throw, I throw a guy out there, you know, that says wishful thinking, even though uh, my fellow uh, – Podcastians might not agree, but uh, hey, Levante David. I oh mean, my gosh! Hey, you got Hunter Henry and Levante David. You're trying to make a defenses, We're not. We're not the Los Angeles Lakers. Hey, why not? We're the <laughs> California Lakers. We're the Northern <laughs> NorCal Lakers. Because What's man, Eddie D's not, not here, man. Eddie D's not here, and he's not going to buy you a defense. Right, it worked in '94. <laughs> There's no salary cap. I'm just saying, come on, man. I mean, shit, we're a couple, a little spark here, spark there. I mean, I'm not really, you know, I'm, hey, I need production. This is a commodity, you know. It's, I know that uh, he can play, Levante David. I mean, he might be looking for a payday, like Hunter Henry, but like I said, I'm just throwing it out there. You never know. You never know. They might, you know, work something out because he wants to win another Super Bowl. And I feel like our defense is a championship caliber defense. And so throwing a piece like that out there, like I said, since you don't agree with the law, Drake Green law, you know, I'm saying we might, you know, upgrade there. Why not? Why not? I mean, that's Why a hell not? of an upgrade. That is a hell of an upgrade. Hey, it's nice weather, nice stadium, you know, le- you know, lineage. Why not? Come come to the Bay, Devontae, come to the Bay. You'll fit right in. Jamal, you got anybody else you like? Uh, not really. I mean, I could see maybe like a Joe Walker type, if not Joe Walker coming in, shining <laughs> a one-year deal, just play special teams, just piss us off. Um, <laughs> that's about it. I do want to give a shout-out to Quan Alexander, though. 
you know, trade him this year for a fifth round pick. So, um, you know, RIP. Is it 20 yeah. RIP. He, he ain't done yet. He's done. Uh, He's done. <laughs> we did the right thing by cutting him. Yeah. We got, we got a draft pick for him, you know. So it was yeah, a huge so mistake signing him to that big contract. Well, another John Lynch mistake. So at least he got something to return this time. <laughs> you got a tough critic, man. He helped us get to the Super Bowl. Who? <laughs> all right here check it out though i got a name for you guys i want you guys to give me your honest opinion and it's a guy that we all loved when he played uh especially when he played for us i feel like he when russell wilson was in his prime and, and it's hard for me or some people are like russell wilson's still in his prime no russell wilson was a lot more athletic than he was now uh i feel like he's got a step slower but when he was a step faster uh Alden Smith was tracking him down all over the field. Oh, you got to say the name for the defensive end podcast. This is linebackers. <laughs> well, he plays He plays offense. He plays outside linebackers. He's like a OLB slash DN. Yeah, OLB slash program. And then I think, pressure, I think our defensive line podcast is going to be real meaty. What do you What do you guys think about Alden Smith and bringing him back? Uh, I, I'm here for it, man. I mean, he got his life together, you know. Uh, it was sad to see him leave, but, you know – all his uh, off the field issues, uh, that's kind of tough to, with any job. You got stuff like that. That's tough to keep, no matter how good of a your production was and everything like that. Um, he had to get himself cleaned up. And from what I've seen um, and what I've read, he's kind of um, on the straight path now. And, and what was good for uh, him, he was real young coming into the league. So uh, the couple years that he was out, I mean, he lost some good years, um, a lot of prime time, prime uh, of his career years. But uh, he's kind of worked himself back into at least a, a, roto- a rotational uh, defensive uh, uh, rusher. Um, and maybe even, like I said, another full offseason, uh, getting into football shape and doing everything. I, I wouldn't mind, you know, uh, to bring him back, you know, kind of bring his career back to full circle. Um He's got a, he's got a couple good years left, good downs in him, and he can always get to the quarterback, and we'll take it kind of like in the Charles Haley type. Jamal, you're, you're nodding your head. No, I like that Charles Haley uh, analogy. That'd be cool. But um, I mean, as a 49ers fan, going back, I'd love to have him back. Yeah, I'm happy he kind of got his life back together. I mean, he was a you know fan favorite when he first came into the league. Um, I don't think he has any linebacker ability, though. He's going to be strictly hands in the ground, you know, pass rushing the end. Uh, yeah, I don't. He's. I don't see him being a fit opposite Nick Bosa at all, unfortunately. Well, I I agree with you. Where he'll be a hand in down type of guy at this point in his career. Um, I do like him better than Kerry Hyder. So there's that. Oh, whoa! That's <laughs> another show right there. Hold on yeah. now. That big boy can move. <laughs> That's a dancing bear. <laughs> we'll save that for uh, the yeah, linebacker. Um, now, uh, we get into our – when we reminisce about the past, and uh, there is a lot of memories for tight ends and uh, linebackers. But there is one position – that single-handedly beat the Saints. No, not single-handedly, but I, I think Saint fans, they really don't like our tight ends. And you got two different plays, and we'll start off with the Vernon Davis post. Tell me where you guys are at and 
what was your reaction to that Vernon Davis post in that NFC uh, playoff game against the Saints? Ah, oh, man. That was another great – what was it, Saturday? Saturday game? Yeah, Saturday, Saturday game, afternoon. Yeah. So, yeah, that was another great day. You know, I was uh, hanging out with some other faithfuls, Niner fans. Uh, we were at a, a friend's house, and uh, wife's one of the best cooks you ever have. Anything she cooks, bomb. And hell of it at that. So I was over there eating, having a good time. Ready, all had our Niner gear on and uh, going back and forth. And then, you know, when he made that play, it was, man, we were all jumping for joy, hugging, high-fiving, you know, uh, drinking adult beverages, you know, responsibly. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was a good night, you know. And the playoffs, when your team wins, it's, uh, it's a great feeling. You know, you got another week. You're all fired up. Now you guys um, just it was. I can I can picture it right now as we speak. That whoo, that was that was that was a good night. It was a fun night for sure. Well, where were you at, Jamal? Man, um, Vernon Post. Um, I was at the game with my family. Uh, right. Watching that game, um, Saints Niners. Remember Dante Hitner just destroying uh, Pierre uh, Pierre Thomas, and that was just the from that point on it was just nonstop screaming, yelling, clapping. Yeah, he and, set the uh, tone for sure. Right man, there, I mean, that was. I mean, I want to say was that the first drive? The first yeah, drive? it was the first drive. Going back to it, I mean, that, yeah, that set the, the fucking game, tempo yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, we we stood the entire time. We never sat down until halftime, but that uh. That was the greatest game I've ever been to in my life. And to see Vernon Davis catch that ball and just fall into the end zone, I mean, the entire stadium erupted. It was something I just, oh, man. It was a joy, man. Day. Right. No, I, I I was at my house. I was watching with my dad. And, uh, and it was one of those games where I felt like everybody was hyping up the Saints. This is one of the best offenses that ever had. They had, like, Reggie Bush, Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Uh, they had a dope offensive line. I mean, Coast. I mean, Coasting. Coasting, right? Yeah, and then they had like a good secondary also. And I think the game before that, or the day before that, is when their defensive coordinator put out like a, a hit on all their Niners players. You guys remember that leaked out? Yep. Yeah. yeah shout out yeah. to Gus Williams. And so I was, I was pumped. Like I was, I took it personally that their defensive coordinator wanted to attack our players. You know, what I mean, me being a homer and everything, right? And yeah, the biggest and, one. And and my cousin's a big Saints fan. Well, actually, he's a big Seahawks, Saints, and Eagles fans. You know, go figure, right? <laughs> but he's oh, one of them type. But he was talking oh, wow. that mess all week and all that kind of stuff, dude. And I just wanted – I mean, of course, it's playoff. You want to win, right? But I don't remember a game that I wanted to win more than that game at that point in my life, right? And I was so invested in that game uh, in my living room that it was highs and lows, right? Highs and lows. Oh, yeah. You had the Alex sweep, and then uh, we we had Patrick Willis had a freaking whiffed on uh, Jimmy Graham, and then Dante Whitner whiffed on Jimmy Graham, and he ran down the field for a touchdown, freaking dunked it, and then we came back with the with that play. And to start off that drive, Alex Smith threw like a like a 35, 40-yard bomb to freaking Brett Swain. You know what I mean? It was just like, what is going on? And then – they ran a wide cross with Vernon Davis. He hit Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis got loose up the sideline. And then I remember at that point, it was like, okay, we're only down three. We're going to run the ball. We're going to settle for the field goal. We're going to take it to overtime. 
But Alex Smith, dude. Uh, See, that's why you can't call him a bus. He can't he, do it for us. He, he just stood us. in that pocket. He The greatest pass he's ever thrown in his life. <laughs> and he just hit him in the Vernon post. And I just remember after Vernon Dave was crying and Alex Smith was talking his mess. <laughs> like, he, he, yeah, that's he, he was letting everybody know. He let, he let the Saints defenders know what was up. Like, I was like, oh, Alex got that in him? Okay, Alex. Okay, Alex. Exactly. And then Vernon Davis was crying. It was like Terrell Owens all over again. I was like, what is – how does this happen? How are they both going to be emotional, man. Too many emotions. emotional players. It's an emotional and so, game. And so the Saints, the Saints, they lost to us in the playoff game in that, right? And then a few years later, you got George Kittle on his fourth down run. Uh, where were you guys on that one? And and show me share share your emotions with that one, man. Oh man, this is this is a good one. I was uh uh babysitting my nephew. No, I wasn't babysitting. He's he's grown, but uh, it was me and him watching the game. Well, he wasn't really watching the game, but uh, I had to I had to be big on and be make sure. Uh, like I said, he was a uh, ten at the time, so yeah, I'm babysitting and uh. This is right. That game is right when uh, Juice World died, and he's a Juice World fan. Yeah, this is, I'm, I'm watching this drive. I'm all fired up, you know. He's all in his room. I'm all loud, you know. I'm chilling, watching the game. And he comes out. And he's going to tell me all this, and I'm like, man, you see this drive right now? Like, <laughs> like, like, this is a very important game right now. You don't want to sit out and just want to talk about uh, Juice uh, World. Tell me about some rapper, you know, RIP to him. But I'm over watching this game. This is playoff implications right here. This is you know, for the game, and I kind of had to, like, oh, yeah, oh, that's nice, that's that's terrible, and, I, and then when that, when he finally caught that fourth down pass, I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Gabe, you know, shout out my nephew, Gabe, I was like, hold on, man, and I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is I was going crazy, and he was like, <laughs> I, I had to put him on pause real quick, I was like, man, you can't come right, middle of the game, fourth quarter, you know, we're driving right here, you know, trying to win this game right here, and you want to, you want me to uh, have some compassion, <laughs> right now, it's like, oh man, my Sundays, that's my time. <laughs> oh, it's like, yeah, so that's my moment with that. It's like, I'm over here trying to be the good on, you know, trying to, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, it's all right. You know, he was a good rapper, blah, blah, blah. And and then, you know, he's getting his face mask ripped off. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, I was cussing and everything. I was like, man, don't tell your mama. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Jamal? Where are you at? Uh, man, it was New Orleans. We were at home watching the game. And uh, it was – I know it's your boys, probably his best 49er game and Jimmy Garoppolo going, you know, toe-to-toe with Drew Brees. <laughs> but, uh, man, that fourth and two throw and catch and the yak, I mean, that's going to be in NFL top 100 plays for as long as we're alive. I mean, right. that that play alone just put George Kittle on a, on a pedestal of that. Yeah, so that, that sums up George Kittle right there. Yeah, right. George Kittle, right there. Yeah, right there. What type of football no. player he is, right there. So you got, and so on Twitter you go back and forth, right? Uh, this was, so I've been off. These guys will tell you I've been off the James Garoppolo bandwagon pretty much from the beginning when we offered the, five, the, the that contract after the five games. Jamal will tell you I found a bunch of quarterbacks that got paid after five games and that never amounted to anything. Um, I'm uh, look, listen. I'm I'm in the book of I hope James Garoppolo finds it. I think he's gonna come back. I'm pretty sure he's gonna come back for this season, and we're gonna have to roll with him. And I'm gonna support him. But Emmanuel sure? freaking, Emmanuel Sanders was throwing touchdowns in this game. You know what I mean? 
You guys remember that double reverse? Emmanuel Sanders threw a touchdown pass in this game. And then the Saints defense was absolutely awful that year. And so everybody wants to say, oh, James Garoppolo brought us back. That first down, second down, and third down of that drive, he had threw some horrible freaking balls. The kid was open. Kittle was open in the middle. Kittle was open in the middle, and he and he short armed Kittle by eight yards, and then he went right back to him at the end, right? But that fourth down, and I remember it was me and my dad. My dad, you know, he he likes him so James Garoppolo. He feels like James Garoppolo can get it done, right? He, he supports him. I was letting James Garoppolo hear it that fourth down. I was like, <laughs> "Put the ball!" <laughs> was like, oh man, not, he's not a friend like, of the podcast. I'll tell you that right now. And he's and, and I was I was ready. I was ready to just like, but then he he came through. He came through. He get a little two yard pass to George Kittle. A little two yard little push pass to George Kittle. I mean, I guess he can do that. And George pass. Kittle dragged. Four defenders on him. One guy's pulling his face mask, which is pretty smart because I think George Kittle would have carried him to the end zone. If it wasn't for that face mask, I think he would carry them to the end zone. And and just pulling that game out of nowhere. And I think they were down like two scores too in that game also. And so to come back, Emmanuel Sanders throwing touchdowns and uh, and and you got, you know, just Kittle pulling that play out. And it was just like, and like you guys said, it, it it wrapped up the whole what George Kittle is all about in one play, and and that one was amazing. Uh, and so we got one more memory, right? We got to do a linebacker memory. And uh, I was actually at this game. I had actually bought my uh, dad a uh, the tickets to the last game at Candlestick, and uh, it was it was worth a pretty penny. I still remember. I, I almost spent like for two tickets, I almost spent like fourteen hundred dollars or something like that. Uh, Damn, that's right at the fifty. Uh, it was like, you know, I, I told my dad, this is the last thing I'm ever going to buy you. <laughs> but uh, 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 yeah. No, but we, we went to that game, man. And so it was, it was, I feel like, you know, the Niners is one on the Super Bowl run, right? But I don't feel like we ever had a superstar team like that, right? We had Patrick Willis. We have Alden Smith. You got Justin Smith. You got all those guys on the defense. All my brothers. Whitner, Golson. And then on the other side, you got Kaepernick in his prime. Kaepernick. In his heyday, Kaepernick, Frank top top of the world. You got Frank the Tank. You got Anquan Bolden. You got Vernon Davis, Michael Crabtree, right? You got superstars every up and down the roster, and and, and the Falcons and the Falcons are driving down the field, man. And I and I'm just like, dude, we're gonna be at this last season. I mean, even at halftime, they have like a halftime show for uh um for the, for the catch for the catch and all that kind oh. of stuff. And so they had like a whole reenactment, you know what I mean? Uh, Dwight Clark wasn't out there, but they had his son out there, and they had Joe Montana throwing the pass to his son, and then they cut out that patch of the field and said they're going to take the Levi's with them, which they did. was really cool what they did. And and so they had all these things, and I was like, dude, we're going to lose this effing game to the Atlanta Falcons. I bought these tickets, all this kind of thing, you know what I mean? And He's going to make your dad walk home. <laughs> and I just remember it was just like, I was on the other side of the end zone, and so I couldn't really see it. And then, and then, and then, and then, Navarro Bowman just running back with the football. I'm like, "What is that happening? What is that? What happened?" And then he dives into the touchdown, and Patrick Willis is laying on top of him. I'm like, "I can't believe we just scored!" And that was the greatest game that I've ever been to. That was that was I I still remember it. I, I will have that memory till the day I die. 
was a pick at the stick. And just, just to be at that game was just amazing. Worth every single penny. Yes. Where are and you at? I, me? I was at the game too, Tessie Tess. I didn't uh I didn't have that experience of paying uh fourteen hundred dollars a ticket. I paid uh three ninety nine for my for my ticket. You know, I was I was all over that place. Uh uh it was great. I I tailgated, uh man, a whole bunch of my friends were there and uh we were just living our best life, man. Think reminiscing back on it now it's like going to a candlestick game and then going to a levi game it's totally different atmosphere right uh it's something you can uh you can uh put in a bottle and take with you um it's one of the things i do miss about going to a 49ers game is uh tailgating uh a candlestick all the good vibes and all the just being around all the the faithful and all the all that love and everything like that uh yeah i was at the game man and just having a good time, and like you said, it was a lot of highs and lows in that one as well. And when, uh, like you said, they were dry, they were driving the uh, ball down the field, and you're like, "Oh man, they're gonna score, man!" It's like, "What the hell?" And then all of a sudden, you see them get that pick, and you just hear like the whole crowd just go, Shh, just erupt and roar. And then after that, after he scored, oh man, that place was that place could have fell down. That was worse than when the power went out on that Monday night <laughs> game against the Steelers. Like I'm surprised it didn't go out because that that place was rocking. That's a memory. I mean, you were hugging people you didn't even know. You were high five and you're like, oh man. I mean, and then going home after that, I was like, shoot, I'm not going to work tomorrow. Yeah. The hell? This is this is crazy, man. But no, that was that was by far one of the best games I ever been to, and that was that's how you close candlestick down with a uh, a play like that and a game like that just to. Gonna get no better than that. Where are you at, Jamal? Man, this is one of the games that we didn't go to. We sold our tickets for, I mean, I think we sold them for like $12 a piece or something. We made a pretty penny on that game. Yeah. I regret that first of my life, but uh, man, that was, man, that was one of a hell of a play. I mean, it was a team effort too. Eric Reed had that uh, A gap blitz, I think it was, and it was right Mike Ryan's face and he released the ball. Tremaine Bach was right there, ripping ball of uh, Harry Doe with his hands, fell in the right place, right time, and took it to the took it to the distance. But uh, man, that I wish I was at that game for sure, though. I mean, it would have been wild, but yeah, that was uh, for sure a top five plays point in our history. At all, oh yeah, you know the playoff uh, breath as well. No, for sure, for sure, and so. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed our podcast and on the memories and I hope you guys felt the joy that we had talking about those memories and um, many more memories to come. We're going to get a Super Bowl before we hit the, hit the hay, but uh, fingers, crossed. fingers crossed. We're going to get that. Why don't we can memorize so we can go to a parade. I want to go to, a, I always heard the 49er parades were the best, you know, how we have the Giants ones, Warriors. But people that I've talked to, it's nothing like going to a a, a 49er parade. Right. So no, we, we'll, we'll have it. I, I believe we'll have it. And like I said, hopefully it's this year, even if it's with James Garoppolo, I'll give the man his due. But uh, thank you for the, everybody listening for Cover 49. I hope you guys enjoy the show as much as we do. Take us out, Joe. Montana. How's it going? Jimmy Tom Sula, Jimmy Tom Sula, <laughs> open up my shirt. Like Jimmy Tom Sula Got the gold chain on like Jimmy Tom Sula Like that?